This is Unclaimed Bands, show 136. Hey music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and coming to you tonight, uh, my guests are the Marquis of Vaudeville. Uh, welcome guys, how y'all doing? Doing well, doing well, thanks, how are you? I'm doing absolutely great, uh, happy to be here with you and uh, be able to have this little talk. Um, before we get going and everything, can you just go right down the line and introduce yourselves and tell us what you do in the band? I'm Geneva, I play bass. And I'm Toby. I sing for the band. Brian, guitar. Cool. I'm glad you guys could uh, be able to hear, hear, like I said, do this. Is there, uh, you want to give a shout out to anybody who on the band who couldn't make it tonight? Absolutely. Uh, Andy Long plays drums for the band. He wasn't able to make it tonight. So. Okay, well, Andy, uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you some other time in the future, man. Um, i tell you what, before we go any further into the interview, let's uh, give everybody a taste of what you guys are doing. Uh, what song are we going to let them hear? Uh, the Wild Lost, I believe. All right. This is The Wild Lost by the Marquis of Vaudeville. Come on, come all to the show. What gypsy wonders our way through the curtain to be certain. Such a
That was the Wild Lost. Guys, um, tell me a little bit about that song. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's a story that I kind of dreamt up in, in regards to the circus and running away with the circus. So uh, it's about uh, just kind of losing yourself and, uh, and then turn uh, just running away and then, and then uh, joining the circus and, and then finding – that that's your actual, that's where you belong and that's your home is, is just out in the world. So cool. Cool. Were did, were you like into the circus uh, when you were a kid? Do you go down to the circus? Uh, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, I, I, I grew up going to the theater quite often and, and, uh, my, my grandmother took me to every play that was showing at a local theater. I saw every single play. And so, um, I was really inspired by theater, and uh, I think Brian's the same thing. Uh, uh, he and I have been friends since uh, we were in second grade. So, yeah, we've, we've been friends a long time. And so uh, I'm very influenced by uh, anything kind of whimsical and, uh, and, and kind of magical and, you know, a fantasy. Uh, the Warehouse of Living Arts, of yeah, course, kind of Texas. You're right. Yeah, so we, we went to many uh, – Many performances there at the local theater. That's cool. So you guys got a got an appreciation for theater and stuff like that, which I think uh, a lot of uh, a lot of musicians, uh, unfortunately, I don't know that they get exposed to it that much. So it's uh, so you know it doesn't uh, doesn't come through on their stage show. But that sounds like from everything I've read, it sounds like you guys put on one hell of a show, and uh, that's obviously got a got a big part to do with it. So that's it, pretty it cool. Precisely, yeah. Um, it's it's that's really. Uh, I guess uh, morphed into what we do musically. Uh, there's a, there's a very theatrical nature to what we do. So. Cool, cool. You know, hold on a second. I just realized I had the uh, the camera covered. Sorry about that, guys. I don't normally. Uh, I do a lot of calls from work and stuff like that, and nobody needs to see me. Don't want to be. I didn't want to be rude or nothing like that. There we go. Hopefully, that won't be too frightening for you either. Let's, let's see your beautiful face. Oh, I don't know about beautiful, but i got a face for radio. Trust Bring me. <laughs> um, but um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, we could start with the next. Uh, how did you guys start? How did, how did this whole band start? What were you guys doing before or after? Well, like, uh, like Toby said, uh, he and I, we've been friends for, forever, basically, since we were, we were kids. And uh, 
think during high school, uh, when, when you get in, you know, we, we were in grade school together, and then when you get in high school, you kind of get in, kind of, you may separate, and that's kind of what happened with us. We were still friends, but we weren't in the same classes. And I started playing guitar, got into music, um, uh, and until he was into art. And then actually, after we graduated, we didn't see each other for a few years, maybe two years. Yeah, probably about right. two years. And um, we uh, reconnected through a mutual friend um, who actually he mixed our, our album. Um, we were he and I were in a band together. Uh, a guy by the name of Derek Taylor is a phenomenal musician. He was actually my guitar teacher, um, uh, kind of a mentor like mm-hmm. when I was 17 years old. And I left to go to a performing arts school in California. And that's, I think, when you and Derek became friends, right? Yeah. Um, I See, Brian started playing music when we were younger. Uh, you, you actually, when did you get your first guitar? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. And I, I remember you having that guitar and, and sitting there and, and you had me singing. Like, I, I didn't play an instrument. Yeah, and, you, and you, I think you're, songs, yeah, so. I don't remember, you were, I think you were like playing a Kiss song or, or something like I that. I think it was Ozzy. Ozzy or something like that. And I, and I was singing along. And I remember you saying, uh, you said, you sing, you sing pretty good. We should start a band. <laughs> I remember you said that way back then. And so he, he kind of continued on through high school with music. And uh, I, I still, I started late. I, I didn't start playing until I was about 20, 21. So in, in the time that he was he was gone to uh, to his uh, performing arts school, uh, it was basically guitar oriented school. Right. Um, mm-hmm. GIT Musician G- Institute. Yeah. So while he was there, I basically I started playing and kind of uh, working with uh, the, his guitar instructor on uh, a little bit. And uh, we we when when Brian came back, we formed a band uh, called Star Zagora which was, uh, we worked with Geffen a little bit, uh, very spacey around the time. Um, I think Geffen said, uh, I think it was Jordan Schur, the president of Geffen, who we were talking to, said uh, he wanted us to be America's answer to Radiohead. Because Radiohead had really taken off uh, in 97 with uh, OK Computer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so uh, that's kind of, they were going to try to use us and be, you know, to fight back, I suppose, with, uh, with the... Brits on the, on that front, but uh, we um, so we worked in Stars Goro. When when did we form that? Nineteen. It was end of ninety nine two thousand. Ninety nine two thousand. That ran till uh, till two thousand four, and um, I was playing guitar in that band, and Brian was playing bass. And um, our friend who who he he stated uh, mixed and mastered uh, our album, The Great Promenade of Fools and Ghosts. He. Uh, he basically, uh, he was the singer, and he, he ended up with this medical condition, which was preventing him from singing, and it was really, really hard on him. Uh, he really didn't know, uh, you know, the future of his health, how, how it was going to turn out, and so he decided he didn't want to perform anymore. He wanted to step back and kind of do behind the scenes, and um, we, had, we had accomplished so much, and uh, we, we had gone so far, and we, we had so many fans, and and I just, uh, I, I think I called you up, or I don't remember if we did it. Oh, we were just sitting down talking about the state of things, and uh, what are we going to do now? We got to keep, you know, I wanna, we want to keep creating music. Yeah, I, I, I think I said, man, I, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> like, 
like this is, you know, it was, it was, it was actually a very, very depressing time for us because uh, we were just really, really uh, on the move and had so much going on. And it was just like, the, you know, the rug was pulled out from under us. And so, wow. Um, I, I, I just, I didn't know what to do with my life. And that was, that music was all that, you know, I, I knew really. And so I just kind of asked him if he wanted to, I, while, while our friend was sick, I was, I was, I'd been writing some songs to, uh, to so that when he got better, if if he got better, we could just hit, hit the road running, you know. Mm-hmm. And so basically, Brian and I took those those ideas and uh, and basically uh, we, we turned that into what we are now. We started working on uh, I think the first song, Bright Star Hope. That was yeah. Um, and so uh, we've just been building upon that ever since. So. Cool. Long, cool. It's it's a shame for for your former bandmate. I mean, I hope, I hope you know health wise you're okay and all that. But uh, actually, you, everything worked out. You know, he, it, it was you know it, it looked kind of grim at, at, at that point in time. But uh, he did make a you know rehabilitated recovery, and uh, he's very successful as a studio musician, um, mix ma- you know mix engineer. He, he's got a very lucrative business for himself, and he's doing very well. Stay in touch, and we still work together. So. That's great. That's great. Well, I'm glad you guys, uh, you know, one door closes, another one opens, and obviously, you know, when you guys are as passionate as you are uh, about uh, about music and performing and everything and creating, uh, you know, it finds another outlet, and you know, now we have this band, which is which is great. Um, so, tell me, um, for each one of you, what's what musically coming up when you were, you know, learning to play and everything. What were your biggest influences? Who were your biggest influences? Um, yeah, I'm going to ask you to talk now. Um, uh, well, growing up, I didn't really listen to the radio that much. Um, so I, I mostly listened to classical music and just movie scores. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. My biggest influences are probably like um, Clint Mansell and Danny Elfman, you know, composers like that. And then then when I was in college, I started listening to regular people music, and I was like, wow, this is awesome, and regular. I want to be in a band, like, you know, I want to be in a band, and so I kind of took it from there, but my foundation is uh, classical, I suppose. Okay. Next. Brian, Brian and I, we're, I I'm sorry if I steal, so if, we're going to share a lot of the same ones, so it's fine. Uh, since, we, since we grew up together. Uh but uh, I, my family uh, basically had the, the, the record collection. So, you know, it was Beatles, uh, a lot of Beatles, a lot of, you know, Pink Floyd, um, you know, uh, that sort of thing. And then um, I, I, I was the same. I, I, liked, uh, I liked musical scores and I liked classical as well. Um, but uh, I think probably... From from childhood, it was probably like Beatles and Pink Floyd for me. So. Yeah, for me, it was uh, it's kind of split. It was my parents, my dad really liked Beatles and Beach Boys, so I got that from him. Um, just, I mean, I was a very small child, and you know that was one of my first my first records was actually a Beach Boys record, and then it was Beatles. And your mom liked Conway Twitty. Yes, she did. And yeah, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> 
Damn it. Rodney Mills. Uh, then my uncle turned me on to Alice Cooper and yeah. Kiss. So I had this you know, crazy hard rock theatrical, like, you know, superhero, larger than life thing. And then the, 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 the whole melodic aspect of um, Beatles, Beach Boys, the, the, you know, stacked harmonies. And so I grew up with all of that. And then, of course, we got into the, when I was coming of age, uh, playing guitar, I got into the more guitar-oriented rock and the instrumental guys like Steve Vai, that, that, you know. So as I was com- as I was developing into music, those were all the things I went through. But always came back to the Beatles and Kiss and Alice Cooper. Back to kind of the core. Right. For, for various reasons, for the music composition, the harmony, the melody, and also just the theatrical rock, and really got into like the uh, production aspect of it, which um, became a huge fan of Bob Ezrin, who produced all of Alice Cooper's, the majority of the, the, the early, his early career, mm-hmm. but still working with him, I believe, and did a lot of Kiss, Peter Gabriel, Pink Floyd, you know, he's done everything, so... Um, yeah, so essentially it was just like an evolution and then tying it all together. Cool, cool. Um, you guys... Uh, and, and for both of us, quick, uh, yeah. Queen. Oh, oh yeah, Queen. Queen. Yeah, Actually, I miss Freddie Mercury. Wow. Yeah. Um, you guys Speaking have... Speaking of Freddie, Freddie Mercury, Sean, I actually... I, I pulled on Freddie Mercury recently. I snapped my microphone stand in half at a show, and I had to, I had to use it as... I had to have a mic scepter for a little while, like Freddie used to do, which uh, kind of channeled his spirit. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. But. Oh, that's no, that's fine. That's fine. Is that something you think you, you did? You did you like it? <laughs> the overall, or? I, 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 yeah, I, yeah, we'll see. I have a I have an old microphone that basically it's it's not the standard mic. It's, it's it has to be attached to the mic stand, uh, and so uh, I I had to use like the scepter. And I was just in, it was it was a brand new mic stand and it was uh, I think we were in one of our new songs the Vaude Villain and at the end just did this crazy like wow 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 and just hit the mic stand and just snapped it in half and so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so then it was what like the fourth song so then ended up with a mic scepter for the re- the remainder of the set that's which, funny. Uh, everyone seemed to love it though so. I don't know if I would do it like uh, like Freddie Mercury all the time, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there are people who are like leaving, like, "Oh my God, he snapped the mic stand in half and just went <laughs> <Right>. on." <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> those those happy oh. accidents <laughs> that become yeah, exactly. legend. Uh, you know, you you say about uh, that happened on a newer song. Uh, you guys are working on some new music, I understand. Uh, when when might that be coming out? 2015. Um, we're we're not exactly certain as uh, as far as the month goes as of yet, but probably mid to late 2015. Um, we like to be hopeful, but uh, and say earlier than that. But uh, you know, to be realistic, there's we've got we're very busy. We we're, we're on the road a lot, um, and there's there's a lot going on. So uh, we're, that's probably uh, to to be realistic. Probably mid to to late 2000s. Okay. I'm not going to hold you to any dates. Just curious. <laughs> yeah, we're in the writing process. We're, we're hashing out the, the, you know, the new material, piecing everything together, deciding what we want to basically do in production before we uh, in the studio. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you're playing some of these songs live, right? 
Uh, that's that's exactly what I was about to say. We've been playing uh, like we've got one called the Vod Villain, uh, one called My Tragic Valentine, another called the Show, and then uh, what's the other one we've been playing live? Uh, we're all mad here. We're, we're all mad here. So cool. Are, uh, all right, so people, if you're listening, what you want what you want to do if you want to hear the new music, go to the show, go see them live, and then uh, then get it early so so you know what's going to be coming when it comes out. So, you know, we try to make sure everybody understands that this is just not sit at home and listen to this. Get out and go see the, the artists and the bands perform. I mean, that's the most important part. Um, so, you know, and with your shows, as uh, with the theatrics and stuff that you bring to it, but you guys have also run some events. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, A Clockwork Wonderland and Gadgets and Gobstoppers? Sure. Um, well, when, when we started out, um, we, we started discussing doing this band. Um, our main thing was that we didn't want to just put on a show. We wanted, we wanted to create this experience, uh, this immersive experience for, uh, everyone who attended. So, um, since we're Marquis of Vaudeville, um, you know, and we, we were highly influenced by, uh, by theater, um, and, and also, um, the old world, uh, for those who may not be familiar with vaudeville, vaudeville was before TV and before radio. Um, if you wanted entertainment, uh, back in the day, it was either the symphony, it was the circus, it was, uh, throw some out there for me, theater, um, you know, uh, ballet, and uh, vaudeville just kind of threw all these things together on the stage. It was, it was a variety act, and they, uh, and it, and they traveled around, and so... Uh, we we decided what we would do live is we would we would put put together these elaborate events that uh, that were true to vaudeville and so we'll get all these other variety acts and put them on stage with us and, and we'll mix it all up and uh, so we'll have some dance elements over here and then next there's like a theater piece and then uh, you know then we have a magician and then we have this and that and uh, all in this elaborately decorated venue and then at the end of the night we'll perform. So, um, you know, we have we have friends who play uh, exotic instruments, sitar, and, and uh, we'll have them perform and just uh, crazy things on stage. And then, um, you know, we, we did we did our first event. Um, uh, I think our very first show, we pulled 250 people, which is, you know, for our first show is, is phenomenal. Good. It's really uh, good. Yeah. Really good. And so uh, we decided, OK. Let's step it up. Let's uh, let's do another one. So the next one, we brought a hundred more people. It's three hundred and fifty. So it kept, we kept stepping up, and then uh, then we decided, well, all right, for the next one, let's just let's, let's shoot for four. Let's let's get four hundred people in the room. And so uh, we created this uh, crazy thing called a Clockwork Wonderland through Ether and Mysterium, which was uh, Alice in Wonderland based, but a twisted version, our own twisted version of Alice in Wonderland, not really based on uh, literature, not really based on the Disney cartoon or Burton's film or any of that. It was just our own take on Wonderland. And uh, we just, we, we lost our minds during the process and went way overboard. And, and our, our, our number of 400 turned into uh, 650 and then on up to eight and just like went up to like nine like we had so many people there um, that people were wrapped around the, the, the venue. We, we uh, was in Dallas and at Curtain Club, and 
people were wrapped around the block for over three hours trying to get in this venue uh, because we, we decked it. I mean, when you walked in, it was the rabbit hole with the vines hanging down, and we had the we had a chill fog with the low lying fog. We had we created this, another world uh, for all the people to to show up, and everyone dressed to the nines. They uh, either dressed in Victorian or in their in their they dressed up as their favorite uh, Alice in Wonderland character, and uh, wow. it was just an amazing night. Yeah, and so um, uh, we had the full tea party set up, and we had we had our, a friend of ours who uh, does uh, costuming uh, created this uh, amazing Mad Hatter character that had uh, he he could basically give people tea out of his cane. He had a spigot on the end of his cane and could walk around and give people tea. And uh, we had someone playing Alice and. We had all the various characters and, and all these different scenes from the stories. And, uh, tell me you tell me you videotaped this, please. This is uh, a concert video. Somewhere? Okay, good. Absolutely. Well, we we have uh, one of uh, our videos that uh, is pretty popular is for our song Utopian Playland, mm-hmm. and uh, that's live at that's that's us performing performing Utopian Playland live at a Clockwork Wonderland, and uh, you can just see all the people in the crowd, how many people were there. Um, that none of that was staged and hey you know uh, we need 200 people to come and pretend to be a crowd at a show <laughs> no it was, you know it was it was actually um, uh, the, these people brought in a film crew uh, had six cameras and uh, that, was, that was the real crowd you, you can see how everyone's dressed and how elaborate everything is and uh, so um, yeah that's a, that's that's live footage from that event that sounds very cool. Very, very cool. I'm sure everybody had a great time. And, and kids listening, uh, Vaudeville, just hit it up on Wikipedia, okay? All right. <laughs> uh, just, we try to throw that out every time. Uh, you know, I cross over into old school myself plenty of times and uh, try to make sure I figure out. Ah, that's the quickest reference for everybody out there. But um, All right, all right. I'll tell you what, why don't we, uh, why don't we take a break and let everybody listen to another song? Uh, what are we going to let them hear? Uh, we're going to uh, listen to a, um, this is more of a rockin' song called Core of Night. It's kind of a, um, it's like an anthem to lead the loss and harden the forgotten. All right. Everybody, this is uh, Core of Loss, and this is Marquise of Vaudeville.
great. Guys and girls, what's the uh, what's the best place for everybody to go to keep in touch with uh, the band, find out what's going on, where you guys are going to be touring at? Um, I think probably at the moment, uh, Facebook, Reverb Nation, uh, we have Twitter. Uh, we, we stay very active on social media. We're, we're all over the place. We even, we even have a Pinterest page Nice for those, for those people into Pinterest. So, uh, probably, uh, and, and our dot com, Marquise of dot com. Uh, but, uh, you know, we stay really active on Facebook, uh, which is Facebook slash Marquise of Vaudeville. Uh, and then we stay very active on Twitter as well. So, um, I think we're Marquis of V on Twitter. Facebook and Reverb Nation, as far as dates and whatnot, that's going to be your best place. Okay, those yeah. are the best places? All right. So, people, you got the addresses. Make sure you go check it out after you're done listening to this interview. And if the band's coming close to you, uh, go see them, definitely. Uh, I mean, with just the description we just heard of your your one show there, it's got to be great to see anytime. Um, so, you know, and make sure that when you go out and you go to the show, go say hi to everybody and, uh, you know, buy some CDs, buy some records. Buy some merch. It's always a good thing to do to keep uh, keep musicians uh, alive and keep them going. Um, but, you know, you guys have also, besides doing your great shows, you're also uh, got involved with some other things. I understand that you've done some music for uh, TV series like Charmed and Dexter. Uh, tell me, how did that happen and, and what, what was that all about? Well, with the licensing, uh, basically we just got hooked up with a couple different licensing, music licensing companies and you know, we submit our music out there, and there's various music music supervisors that will, uh, you know, put your stuff out there, and and uh, and that that's essentially how we how we landed those. In addition to that, we've done some other work with uh, some film shorts and whatnot, where not only what you hear on our album, well, actually you would hear it on our album, but aside from the rock music, we also we have some orchestral elements and some songs we also compose so you've um, done some soundtracks then like like right right so it, film scoring. i mean yeah film scoring that's right film scoring excuse me i orchestral type um scores uh that's another um avenue that, that we're that we work in that we're, we're heading towards as well so it's not just is that something you guys enjoy doing or oh well, yeah definitely absolutely it, it's uh it takes a lot of time uh but uh we enjoy doing it um and I guess for the for the licensing companies that we, we got involved with, they're they're kind of like uh, music supermarkets. So mm -hmm. like music supervisors uh, basically go and there's like this selection of all these different genres, and they find the genre they want, and then they have all the different songs. Uh, like they'll they'll have a different mood, and they'll they'll check the mood, and then I want something that's kind of dark and creepy, and then you may they, put a lyric tag on it that you know really emphasizes something, and, and they'll and that's that's how they they find possibly find musicians like yourself or someone else or exactly or, yeah. exactly so it's I, and and I, any independent artists out there i would highly suggest doing that uh you know find research uh music licensing companies and and uh and, you know that's how that's how you're able to obtain royalties uh, if you get placed and so um it's it's wonderful for independent musicians because it's 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 a key element in in keeping what you do alive. So, 
Is is there anything that you've been that they've you know, obviously since they pick you and pick your music these shows and stuff is there anything that that you've been you know picked for or they've used your music for where you're like wow like you know just totally blown away by it or you thought that was a good fit for it? Uh, yeah, uh, Dexter was was uh, I think was a really good fit um, and and that was I mean it's it's a hit show on you know uh, Showtime Network so mm-hmm. um, you know not not. Not is it about the money or, or the royalties, but you know those, those things help you uh, help you to continue to do what you love to do. And so, oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So that's uh, that. I think that was one of the, the, the ones that we were just really kind of blown away by. Um, there are others that you know we get placed and like we just. Uh, we're kind of neither here nor there with it. We're just like, ah, okay. Like, yeah. we, I think there's a new 90210 <laughs> that uh, there's a new series 90210. I didn't really know that there was, but yeah, there is. Our, and yeah, one of our songs, yeah, yeah. One of our songs got placed in that. And so that's right. cool. Yeah, we so, get placed in. Sometimes we don't even know what it is that exactly that we're in place. It'll yeah, say, we'll yeah. say German television. Right. <laughs> we have one, uh, a, film, a film trailer for That's it. good. For an independent film that has some, uh, you know, A-list actors in, it has not yet been released, but uh, we had to put in the trailer. We haven't even seen the trailer though, but it, it was it was at Sundance and, and it's really cool. Cool. You know, Geneva, you've been awful silent there uh, with the film <laughs> with the film scoring. Uh, how was that for you growing up uh, listening to all that classical music? Um. I've only been in the band about a year, so um, I haven't gotten to actually work on any of that kind of stuff yet. But um, I was okay. I loved the band for a long time before I was in the band. And um, well, well, how did how did you get into the band then? Tell tell, tell them the story. <laughs> Which story? The the one that uh, when you first saw us and, and what what you were thinking. Should I tell you, anyone that? Yeah, tell tell your tell, tell, tell okay. everyone your wish. All right, all right. She got, all right. She got her wish. Um, I did. I did. I got my wish. Um, three years ago, I was I was in a band at the time uh, called Admiral Gray, and we played a show with Mark Hughes at the Curtain Club. And so we get there, and we're loading in, and I see these guys. They're dressed up like dandies, <laughs> <laughs> and they're decorating the stage. And and uh, the band I was in was just like a you know just like a rock band. Like that's it, you know. And so I see these guys setting up and just these assholes like we're gonna have to sit through these guys <laughs> like you know i was just like oh my gosh because 99 of the time when you see a band put that much time and effort into their image it's taken away from the time and effort they put into their music yeah so that was my opinion at the time anyway. so they're setting up and i'm just like oh we're gonna have to sit through these guys it's gonna be a long night and then and then they uh they, they get on stage to their sound check and then they start playing, and my jaw dropped to the floor. I couldn't believe how good they sounded. Like, I was just absolutely blown away. And I was, you know, just, like, swallowing my entire foot, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so then later on, when they when they played their actual set, they sounded even fucking better. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. And I was, I was watching these guys, and I, 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 I said to myself, it's like, I wish I could be in a band like this someday. Like, I wish I could be in a band like this. And, and I'm in this band, and I... I, I love it. playing every song we play just as much as the first time that, you know, I played with them a year ago. So 
That's very cool. Very cool. So see, everybody out there, dreams do come true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, before we wrap everything up here, is there anything you guys want to say to your fans out there? Um, absolutely. Uh, that they are, are, are basically, they're the ones this music's for. Um, they're the ones that, that keep us going. I mean, without them, you know, of course, you, you hear this and maybe it sounds cliche, but it's the truth. Um, you know, they're, they're the reason that we do what we do and they're the reason we're able to do what we do. And so, um, you know, they, they're, they're always there at the shows. They're always uh, telling everyone to, to listen and they're, they're helping support us by buying our merch. And, you know, if we have a funding project and we need to go across the United States, which we did recently, they helped fund it, and um, we, we can't do this without them. So uh, we, we, we love our fans, and so uh, we, we want to say thank you. Cool. Cool. Anybody else want to add? Uh, no, I totally yeah. echo that. Uh, I couldn't say it any better. <laughs> cool. We'll and try. I, Go ahead. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, oh, that's the thing. We're, we're not um, – I dare you. And, you know, if you haven't seen this yet or – those that have would know, but, uh, or if you haven't talked to us and you come to a show, we love talking to meeting new people and, uh, you know, we're not the man that gets off the stage and heads out the back door and, you know, goes to go hops over to a bar or something and it's not available. We like to come out and hang out with everyone. And it's such a blast to see new faces, meet new people, you know, hear their story, where they're from. And just make that connection, because uh, that's you know that's what, like I said, that's what keeps us going. That's what inspires us. And that, and that, and we hear it time and time again. Um, we 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 try our best to you know there are times when we have to you know handle business, but we try our best to make ourselves accessible. And so uh, we fans, uh, new fans, you know the, the the people that have been around for a while, they know us. They know you know uh, we we hang out with them outside of uh, of. Uh, performances sometimes, uh, and uh, but new fans they always say, man, they're they're really blown away at how we we talk to them and, and how we make ourselves accessible. And if they, if, you know, we spend the time with them, you know, it's it's all give and take. You know? That's cool. That's cool. A lot of bands can learn from that. Trust me. Um, I want to thank you guys for taking time to do this interview. I really appreciate it. Um, you ever get out to the East Coast at all? Uh, not yet. We well. No, right. it's not really. There you so go. Detroit, we've been there, but we're, we're working our way. That's where we're looking. We went to the okay. furthest we went recently was to Atlanta uh, at Dragon Con, which was like 100,000. Oh. Yeah, Dragon Con. Yeah, that's that's sweet, man. Well, that that's my wish then, that you guys get out to the East Coast here so <laughs> a little bit closer. We're, hopefully. Well, we are heading west. My apologies, but we're heading the other way. We're going to the West Coast. And, and, and ah. and to, to do a tour out there. So uh, we'll, we'll head your way, man. We're, <laughs> we're, we'll come to you next. Cool, cool. Well, uh, like I said, thank you very much, uh, everybody. Thanks for what you do, by the uh, way. Hey, man, it's my pleasure. Trust me, this is the best way for me to find new music, you know, and, and meet great artists like yourselves and, and just uh, keep it all moving along. Because if, um, if I didn't have original music, I wouldn't have a nightlife. I wouldn't know what to do if I couldn't go. <laughs> <that>. Okay. <laughs> um, my guests have been the Marquis of Vaudeville. Make sure you go check them out, everybody. Uh, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands. Until next time, make sure you tune back in for uh, great music and great bands like this band right here. Later, guys. Thanks.
Thanks, take care. Take care. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of unclean bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.